Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode is brought to you by alienware during dell tech fest score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen alienware gaming tech new dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the alienware m18 laptop powered by an intel core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals liquid cooling three-dimensional audio with dolby atmos and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I am Ben. We're here with our super producer, Noel. Put your foot down, Brown. That's right. He's just uh, one glass pane away. Or maybe it's two. I think he's double paned. Yeah, yeah. So, dude. Yes, sir. We're in this new office. It's pretty swank, pretty sweet. I'm loving it. Uh, I don't know about you. I think you're, you're enjoying yourself here, right? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice place. Nope. One of the things that is here is a fairly open break room area that mm-hmm. is between where you guys sit and where, when I say you guys, I mean writers, editors, podcasters. Oh, that stings, Matt. You guys are all over there, and then all of the video team is back here in this kind of cordoned off dark room area. Why don't you just say you people? <laughs> right? That's okay. That's totally what so you're you doing. So you people are over there. And in between us is this no man's land with a giant question mark table and mm. all of the coffee. Oh, and uh, and sometimes, I don't know if this happens to you, but when I'm over in that area, I will overhear something that maybe I wasn't supposed to hear. Because mm-hmm. um, somebody will be having a conversation. But the office is so open that it's, you know, you just hear things. And... It made me think about this week's topic just because 
Sometimes there's information that people don't want you to hear, but uh-huh. we don't live in a vacuum. Well, Matt, you're here. Noel's here. I'm here. Listeners, you're the most important part of the show. You're here. And I guess on behalf of the listeners, I'd have to ask, uh, wh- where are you going with this? What are you talking about? So, Ben, what I'm talking about is a trial in an Italian court in 1984. There's this guy who's considered a right-wing terrorist named Vincenzo Vinciguerra. Working for a right-wing terrorist group whose name translates to uh, New Order. Yes, precisely. Well, uh, this group, uh, he stated that his group participated in what they would say is a false flag terrorist attack. Uh, several of them, which were meant to discredit communists in the region. Now, he also said, Ben that this, these acts that they were uh, taking part in in his group was a part of something called Operation Gladio. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the subject of our episode today, Operation Gladio. Uh, in this moment, in 1984, in this Italian court, when this, uh, when this guy, who is a terrorist, mm-hmm. uh, Vincenzo, when he says that he, uh, when he says that his group was there to discredit the communists. That's because this was originally blamed by the the mass media of the time and the government of the time on a group called um, like the Red Brigades, mm-hmm. which were, were supposed to be a you know they were a communist affiliated group of activists. Uh, but he said not only did they do a false attack to discredit this communist group, which hadn't bombed anything, but they had bombed other things as well. And uh, they did this on the orders of their leaders in Operation Gladio. And here's the weird thing. Their, uh, <clears throat> their leaders, he alleges, are uh, not, you know, ideological, crazy skinheads or super fascist uh they are uh someone higher much much more official this makes a venetian judge named felice casson uh very curious he sees anomalies in the reporting of this case which was i, I believe originally was the petrano bombing so this judge felice he goes to the archives of the italian military secret service where he discovers documents confirming the existence of Operation Gladio, forcing the Prime Minister at the time, Giulio Andriotti, to confirm the existence of this international program. This is the first time a government official has confirmed it. A lot of people think Operation Gladio went public in 1990, but that's not true. It's 84, as you said. Uh, But, Ben, we, we keep saying the name Operation Gladio, and I'm sure our listeners are just going, what the hell is that? Well, here is the basic idea of what it is. It's a state-sponsored uh, stay-behind program for armies, like these standing stay-behind armies for places in mostly Western Europe after World War II uh, in order to basically stamp out in a lot of these places to, I guess, act act and do things that armies and official you know, military could not do. And a lot of the times they were really bad things, like we said, carrying out terrorist attacks. Um, and these were these groups were sponsored through Gladio, Gladio by intelligence agencies and even NATO. 
Right. Uh, one important distinction for us to make here is that when these stay-behind armies were started, we'll walk through the timeline here, uh, when these stay-behind armies were created, their purpose was not to do uh, offensive uh, actions, you know, like to perform operations. Their their purpose, what it was, you know, if they were a box of cereal, what <laughs> what it said on the box, what it said on the box exactly was that they would be uh, they would be waiting in secret in the event of an invasion from the com- uh, from the communist side or of an uprising of, of some sort. Basically, a, a an emergency situation thing. Right. Specifically, though, not not an emergency situation like an earthquake or something like that, but an emergency situation uh, defined specifically by communist powers from the USSR attempting to invade, you know, like Mm -hmm. other um, West Germany, uh, other countries that were on the border. So these guys originally weren't supposed to do anything but wait, because at the time, Western Europe and the United States were convinced that World War III was going to happen very soon, and it mm-hmm. would be between essentially between capitalism and communism. So they all got together in secret and built these invisible armies for this coming secret war in countries just throughout the area, part of countries that were part of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, mm-hmm. and countries that were not. Uh, we have a list of them too, right? Yeah, let's just go through, Ben. Now, Finland. Oh, Sweden. Italy, Spain, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, France, Belgium, Denmark, Greece, Luxembourg, Norway, Portugal, Turkey, Cyprus, and possibly even more. I would say probably. We yeah. Don't know. yeah. Uh, so these groups that were hired, these were often like far right activists. So imagine uh, separatist militias. Imagine, and this was the case in Germany, uh, former SS soldiers. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, uh, they were supported by the local government, so there were no big arrests or prosecutions when things did start getting uh, pear-shaped for a while. Well, a lot of times they were dropped, right? Right. The charges against these groups were just dropped yep. mysteriously, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they depended on secret caches of weapons uh, that were distributed all over Europe. Like, think of uh, finding an abandoned mine with just crate after crate of C4. Is that kind of so thing. crazy. It reminds me of some of the spy video games I've played where there's like a specifically Hitman, where mm-hmm. there's a weapon cache somewhere on the level. They Man, just had to seek out and find it. I played one. Uh, Hitman is the, the guy who's bald, right? He's yes, got the gloves. Agent 47. I think I played one version of Hitman, and I quickly just got waxed because you're supposed to be sneaky. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, oh, come on, I didn't get that at first. Come on. No, I ran through and I, yeah, I was terrible at it. Okay. Well, I'm glad one of us is good at it. You're the expert on Hitman from now on. Okay. Uh, but here's the million dollar question, right, Matt? Did Gladio armies ever cross the line from being a ready defense force to active domestic terrorism, which is not what they were supposed to be doing? Well... You know, from the first thing we stated on this podcast, it seems like maybe they have, but let's learn more. Here's where it gets crazy. So to begin this story, we're going to have to start way back in time in 1940 when Prime Minister Winston Churchill creates the secret stay-behind army, uh, the special operations executive, to assist resistance movements and carry out subversive operations in enemy-held 
territory. Now, this you'll notice is a little bit different because this group he starts already is in enemy territory. Mm-hmm. It's not like a um, – They're behind the lines already. Right. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. They're behind the lines. So they are actively doing stuff. But at the end of World War II, uh, when their new armies created, uh, they're based off the experiences and strategies of this SOE group mm-hmm. and their former officers, right? Mm-hmm. So if we if we fast forward, uh, we see that there's already trouble brewing by the end of the war. Yeah. Uh, then in 1945 in Finland, the communist interior minister – he exposes a secret stay behind, which is currently at that time being closed down, which is interesting because that's one of the first times you hear, oh, wait, this guy is officially closing this secret thing that nobody knew about. Right. Yeah. And some people would say just like a communist. Uh, and just a few years later in 1947, this is a big date for every U.S. resident and uh, probably for most people in the mm-hmm. world. Uh, then-President Harry Truman creates the National Security Council and the Central Intelligence Agency. They also have a special branch of the CIA at this time. It's called the Office of Policy Coordination, and that is what sets up these armies that stay behind in Western Europe, these invisible militias. And I, I just got to point out, Matt, regardless of how you feel about this policy, it's so strange that so many covert and uh, technically, I guess, illegal things that governments do fall under such vague names. Oh, absolutely. That sound nice. Like, that's okay. Sure. Office of Policy Coordination. That's really good. They're getting in between the different, you know, groups and they're just mm-hmm. like, hey, this is the policy, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. What could go wrong? Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you, because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Then, in 1947, in France, the interior minister reveals the existence of another secret stay-behind army, uh, codenamed Plan Bleu. <laughs> right. B-L-E-U. Yes, yeah. Uh, so there's one then in, in France, there's something in Finland, uh, in Austria, same year, 47, another stay-behind army is exposed, but this had been set up by right-wing extremists, and they were named Susek and Rosner, and a chancellor at the time named Corner pardons the accused under, uh, say it with me, Matt, mysterious, mysterious circumstances. circumstances. <laughs> Oh, here you go. In 1949, uh, a really important year, another one, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization is founded, and the European headquarters is officially established in France. That's NATO. Yeah, NATO. That's the one that you hear of Vladimir Putin and Barack Obama name-dropping all the time, Mm -hmm. right? So in 1951, just a few years later, a CIA agent who may be familiar to some of you out there uh, named William Colby is in Sweden training these stay-behind armies uh, in uh, both that country, Sweden, and training a new one for Finland and in the NATO members, Norway and Denmark. It's crazy. It's proof that the CIA was involved yep. with this. Yeah. In 1951... Then, next year, in 1952, in Germany, a former SS officer, Hans Otto, which you may have heard before that name, mm-hmm. it, he reveals to the criminal police in Frankfurt the existence of another, this time fascist German stay-behind army. Hmm. And uh, the arrested right-wing extremists, guess what? What? They're found not guilty under mysterious, mysterious circumstances. circumstances. <laughs> right. So we'll do this one more time, or maybe a couple more times. In Sweden, the police arrest a right-wing guy named Otto Hallberg in 1953, and that is how they discover the stay-behind army that is in Sweden. Hallberg walks away free because the charges against him are dropped under mysterious, mysterious circumstances. Man, these circumstances, they sure work in mysterious ways, don't they, Ben? <laughs> right, yeah. You got it. Uh, so, okay, now we get to the point where it starts to seem as though these stay-behind armies might be doing more than protecting operatives, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but they might actually be affecting the government in which they reside. In 1960, in Turkey, the military, supported by uh, secret armies, they stage a coup d'etat, and they kill Prime Minister Adan Menderes. Yeah, and so in 64, in Italy, uh, the 
stay behind army that Gladio uh, instituted is involved in a coup with uh, with the Italian military. Uh, General Giovanni de Lorenzo in Operation Solo makes the socialist ministers of Italy leave the government, and they they called it a silent coup. Hmm. Um, just. I guess a, a a reorganization of power. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And, uh, the Office of Reorganizations of Power <laughs> Structures. Right. Yeah. So in 1969 in Italy, uh, the Piazza Fontana massacre, which uh, you may have heard of, in it's in Milano. It kills 16, injures and maims 80. It's blamed on the left. Then, 30 years later, during a trial of right wing wing extremists, uh, General Gio, Giadelio Maletti. Uh, he's the former head of the Italian counterintelligence. Anyway, he claims that the massacre had been carried out by the Italian stay-behind army and right-wing terrorists on the orders of the U.S. Secret Service and Central Intelligence Agency. And they did it in order to discredit the Italian communists. In Turkey in 71, there's another coup. The military takes power. Uh, these are where we see allegations that the stay-behind army from Gladio is is waging domestic terror and killing civilians. Next year, 1972, in Italy, a bomb explodes in a car near the village of Petiano, killing three police officers. The, uh, the terror, this act, is first blamed on the left, then it's later traced back to the right-wing terrorist Vincenzo Vinciguera. Isn't that interesting? Who we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. And the Italian stay behind, codenamed Gladio. And this takes us, uh, let's, let's fast forward because when he's finally in trial, 1984, as we mentioned, and he, uh, Vinciguera re- reveals the involvement of NATO stay behind army and these acts of terrorism to discredit communists. He gets sentenced to life. Mm-hmm. Some would say that's, be- uh, well, clearly he did it. People think he did yeah. it. But uh, other people were saying that he was not protected by the organization because he started talking about it. Can't do that. So 1990, the um, is a young magistrate judge at the time, Felice, as we mentioned earlier, Felice Casson, uh, forces the prime minister to acknowledge the existence of Gladio, at least in Italy. But we start seeing uh, more mysterious stuff because once this watershed you, you know, it's like a, a dam. Once there's a, a fracture or a leak in, mm-hmm. in a dam, the, the entire structure begins to compromise. Well, yeah, people start getting nervous about their own involvement. Right. And, you know, like where where are the legal lines here? Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough to know exactly where they are. So then in 1990 in Switzerland, a former commander of the Swiss secret stay-behind army P-26 in a confidential letter to the Defense Department declared that he's willing to reveal, quote, the whole truth, unquote, Thereafter, he's found at his house, stabbed with his own military bayonet. So, let's go forward to uh, later in the same year. Uh, in Belgium, uh, NATO denies, now NATO is based in Belgium. In Belgium, NATO denies these allegations of the Italian prime minister and this idea of secret war in, in Western Europe. Uh, the next day, though... Right after that, so it's like November 5th, they say that. November 6th, they come back and they say, uh, that denial had been false. We will not answer any further questions. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, look, we lied to you, but we can't talk about it, okay? Well, Let's that's not saying we, we lied. That's just saying 
we were wrong? Yeah, we were wrong. That's not accurate. We didn't, something. maybe, yeah. We didn't have the information at the time. Now we do, but we still sure. can't talk about it. Sure. And then lastly, for this timeline, or we've got a couple more here, but uh, in 1991, in the U.S., the National Security Archive at the George Washington University in Washington, they filed an FOIA, a Freedom of Information Act request, concerning the secret stay-behind armies with the CIA in the interest. So they're going to the CIA trying to request these documents. And they're trying to get them with the interest of public information and scientific research. That's the reason they're trying to get them. Now, the CIA rejects the request with their standard reply that we have kind of, we've heard before in movies and in television, Ben. Quote, the CIA can neither confirm nor deny the existence or non-existence of records responsive to your request. Gosh, that is so polite and just shadowy. There was a great article about the man who originally made that statement. Uh, yeah. I, I can't remember if it pertained to JFK or something like that. But uh, we'll we'll find that out and we'll put it up on our social media if we haven't already. So go visit us at uh, Facebook and Twitter where we are conspiracy stuff. It, it really is perfect language for not <laughs> for not really saying anything, but very cordially. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Joseph Heller in Catch-22 for anyone who's a fan of that book. Uh, the there seems to be an inherent absurdity, but you got to check out that article we found because that will explain in depth uh, just how carefully worded that kind of stuff had mm -hmm. to be. So we've got that timeline, and we see some trends in some of these cases. We see an initial act of terrorism, a furious sudden accusation of left-wing groups, and then later information seems to often reveal a connection between the state and these groups. So... At at this point, Matt, having looked over this timeline, and, and thank you for walking through that with us, listeners, at this point, we're seeing something that we see often when we talk about shadowy organizations or uh, government operations, and that is that there there's some stuff that is proven and is, is crazy and mm -hmm. is illegal and is proven after the fact, uh, and then there's a much larger category of stuff that's unproven but alleged. We're going to save that stuff for the end, of course, uh, but we can start at least with the things that have already been proven. Well, one thing that we do know is that these groups uh, that are supported by Operation Gladio, they did, some of them at least, did commit some sort of acts of terror or terrorism, sure, what like, we would call terrorism now in the mm, 21st century. A lot of bombings. Yes, bombings in particular. They say that this was, at least these groups say it was on the order of NATO and or MI6 and or the CIA. But those organi organizations, they just straight out deny any of their involvement. Uh, and they prefer to paint the terror as acts of unilateral decisions made mm. by these unrelated groups and, you know, hey, look, guys, we had nothing to do with this. Right. And uh, in Italy, we know that, at least in Italy and probably in other places, these gladio groups were associated with criminal elements or corruption or what is often called the deep state. Uh, so specifically, these guys were working with one of your favorite organizations, uh, conspiracy-wise, which is a Masonic Lodge, or arguably a pseudo-Masonic Lodge, named Propaganda Do. 
Yeah, the, that group is fascinating. I think we've briefly covered them a couple of times in video, but yeah, it is worth your time to do a little further research on mm-hmm. P2, Propaganda R- Do. Right, yeah. They have a – they're often referred to as a state within a state or a shadow government. Uh, this This is a strange thing to read about, especially if you – are interested in corruption cases. They had journalists, members of parliament, mm-hmm. the equivalent of the the big businessmen, the military leaders. So think of it, if you're listening to this in the United States, think of this as a club where um, Glenn Greenwald, Colin Powell, every president, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Oprah, Everybody who has a lot of influence goes to hang out here, kind of does Freemason stuff, mm-hmm. which I, I guess would mean that they wouldn't have Oprah in that organization. But they, you know, they do Freemason wow. stuff and then they say, here's how we're secretly going to run the country. Yeah. And I that's don't what think happening. Glenn Greenwald would be a part of that. I just have to believe that he would not be a part of that. I have to. Ben. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't think that they're, they're definitely not members of P. P2. Yes, that's true. Which, uh, which <laughs> was later supposedly disbanded. Uh, but now, so we have that stuff proven. Acts of terrorism, right? Mm-hmm. Poss- possibly, uh, some, some other stuff, uh, and, and cooperation with crime, cooperation with, uh, international intelligence networks. But we have a lot more, uh, unproven stuff. And one of yeah. them, I guess the one we can just jump into is, is, is pretty frightening if it's true. Yes, it's this thing called the strategy of tension, which is pretty interesting. And the the idea here is that the constant constant terrorist attacks mm-hmm. create this fear amongst the populace. It it encourages this atmosphere in which there's uh, hostility in the public um, against these uh, left wing groups. Mm-hmm. So basically. Basically, what it will do is, or what they're hoping it will do, is create that tension so that the public in general will start clamoring for more control, more security from either the government or right-wing groups Mm -hmm. or both. And, you know, kind of give them even more power over the state in general and the economy. Yeah. As uh, the operative Vincenzo Vinciguerra said during that famous trial in 1984, you had to attack civilians. The people, women, children, innocent people, unknown people far removed from any political game. The reason was quite simple. They were supposed to force these people to turn to the state to ask for greater security. Yeesh. Right. And then, uh, there's, there's more. That's one, that's one accusation, which is, which is frightening if it's true. Um, but then there's also these accusations or allegations of assassinations. That's right. In 1978, there's an in- investigative journalist named Mino Pecorelli, and he thought that Prime Minister Aldo Moro's kidnapping and assassination by the Red Brigades had actually been masterminded by somebody else, by this, what he uh, called a lucid superpower. And was in- he was inspired by the logic of Yalta, um, or, or he thought it was, he thought the attack and assassination was inspired by the logic of Yalta. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was something that Aldo Moro was doing during that time, right before his kidnapping and assassination. Yeah, yeah, he was he was looking into this thing and negotiating, 
this thing called the Historic Compromise, which would have allowed the Communist Party for the first time since the expulsion in 1947 to re-enter the government. And uh, that would have been a big change that a lot of people would not have liked to have seen. So let me get this straight. And I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's been proven. Uh, but let, let me get the official story straight. So the guy who was making moves to get the Communist Party back into, you know, a legitimate party status was kidnapped and assassinated mm-hmm. by communist activists. That's the story. Okay. Well, you know, uh, different time maybe. <laughs> uh, also, NATO, you know, we talked about these, the possibility of these NATO-sanctioned coups when we're walking through the timeline. But let's get to perhaps the most important question. That, but that by the way, that's here. a huge thing. What's that? NATO-sanctioned coups. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, coups are a part of uh, geopolitical of policymaking process, in the yeah. office. Yeah, totally. And we had talked about the possibility that NATO had been sponsoring coups as well when we were walking through the timeline, right? Yes. And, you know, we I guess we kind of glazed over them as we're going through the timeline. But mm-hmm. the, the idea of a coup d'etat in any country is a huge deal. And it's sponsored by anybody. It doesn't matter. That probably shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even even if there is a brutal dictator or something like that, Creating a coup is a big deal no matter which side you lay on, right? Uh, if, if you think it's a good thing or a bad thing for a country as a whole. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like yeah. having a, a third party come through and influence a turnover of government, that's a big deal. Well, yeah, and that's that. I'm glad you say it that way, Matt, because that's a big point. A lot of people who um, first hear of, you know, the founding of a nation or the change in the government uh, can get misled when when you read in a, in a history book or something that the people decided to make a change. Oh, sure. Because as you look often, not all the time, of course, but often uh, these people or these internal groups that are leading the charge are being bankrolled or motivated by some third party, often another country. So, or Precisely. somehow affiliated with it. Sometimes another, sometimes just a large company. But, uh, but yeah. So do be cautious when you when you hear that sort of stuff. Are we saying that there is hard proof that everyone admits that uh, NATO, you know, orchestrated coups? We can't. No. We can't. The U.S. State Department certainly does not agree with that, mm. uh, or with most of the ideas about uh, most of the ideas about the Operation Gladio incidents. However, there's one really big one that I'm sure they would dismiss entirely as a conspiracy theory. And that is the last, the last of the uh, unproven allegations that we have to mention today, uh, but chilling if they are true. And it comes to us from a lady named Sybil Edmonds, a former FBI translator turned whistleblower. Yes, she alleges that Gladio continues today. And that it's called a pro, a very similar named program, Gladio B. Oh, okay. In a burst of creativity, yes. right? So what, what this is, uh, according to the account of Sybil Edmonds, is a cooperation or a, a cooperative enterprise between U.S. intelligence agencies, the Pentagon and Al Qaeda or other, uh, Mujahideen forces, uh, to the point where they said that 
Ayman al-Zahawiri met with the members of U.S. intelligence at an embassy in Azerbaijan starting in 1997 and continuing all the way to 2001. Now that is, oh, that is a tough piece of information. That isn't solid information. This is something that is alleged. Sure, yeah, by uh, Edmonds. Uh, however, that is a tough piece of information to swallow for anybody who believes some of the theories uh, specifically behind the attacks of September 11th. Right, yeah. And, and that isn't to say that, you know, we just. I guess we just have to push pretty hard that those – I can't even – I can't emphasize enough that, that this is alleged. However, it is alleged by somebody who was working from the FBI – Mm-hmm. Um, who spoke a lot of different languages. Yeah, fluent and, in four languages. Yeah, and was paying attention to things. So, interesting. One of which is Azerbaijani, just exactly. to be clear. Uh, so, this this idea that she's talking about in Gladio B, she says what's happening is that uh, NATO wasn't just meeting with these people, they were taking some of these groups to Central Asia and to the Balkans to help with destabilization efforts uh, because, you know, one of the questions is geopolitically, is a stable Central Asia in the best interest of outside powers. So she said that people were flown to Turkey on U.S. orders to train and participate in these destabilization operations that were going to be coordinated false flag efforts, uh, that they were going to steal nuclear weapons secrets. Um, and it's just a dirty game. So but the- she, she even reported that some of the hijackers that were, you know, Part of 9-11 were being trained in these facilities. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, at least some of them. Mm-hmm. And there's there's an interesting thing that occurs here because uh, a paper of note in the United Kingdom, the Sunday Times, speaks to some anonymous MI6 and Pentagon forces, and they say that the operation of Gladio B is real. It's, it's not just real. It's not past tense. It's currently happening. And... Apparently, there was pressure from outside, mm-hmm. and not all of this report was ever published. Well, yeah, and she ended up going to court, right? Uh, because she there. Oh man, I was going through some of the official FBI response to their investigations of Sybil Evans and the, uh-huh. just the reports that the FBI put out, even internally. Mm-hmm. It is interesting, man. Yeah, and it's so vague because they can't mention. A lot of the stuff. Right. Especially considering, and this is something you can see in our video on uh, whistleblowers that aren't Edward Snowden, which came out this past week as we record this. What's interesting is the, the concept of retroactive classification. Yeah. Which would be super handy in a relationship, right? When you break <laughs> up retroactively, everything I told you is classified. Like, oh, well, how are you going to enforce that? I don't know, man. I guess I better call NATO. I guess so. Uh, but yeah, that's, I guess that's what you would have to do. Uh, just a quick note, everybody. Uh, Noel, if we could have some advice music. That is not and should not be confused with relationship advice. Neither Matt, Noel, Agent Scully, or myself are trained, uh, life coaches or relationship experts. He's right. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Now, getting back to Operation Gladio B, um, I guess we can, can we go over a couple of these little quotes here? Sure, yeah. Because this is really interesting to me. According to Edmonds, 9-11, September 11th attacks, they were a Gladio B operation. And she states that the objective of Gladio B is, quote, projecting U.S. power in the former Soviet sphere of influence to access previously untapped strategic energy and mineral reserves for the U.S. and European communities, pushing back Russian and Chinese power, and expanding the scope of lucrative criminal activities, particularly illegal arms and drugs trafficking. Uh, that's a that's a great way to make some side money, you know? Yeah. So... Currently, Sybil Edmonds is not allowed to talk about this stuff. She's under a state secrets privilege or gag orders. Uh, the 
the thing that I focused on specifically was looking at her allegations about this activity in Eurasia because one thing that you and I have found over the course of doing different episodes on this show or on this region Mm -hmm. is that since the days of empire, way, like way, way before even the modern era, uh, the, the great game of, uh, who owns Eurasia has, has continued almost unabated. Yeah. You know, like, uh, the, the Mongol empires, uh, China's venturing out into that area. Uh, the thing that was called the great game between, uh, various, uh, Western powers in, in the time, you know, uh, Rudyard Kipling, not the best person, but he has a great book about it called, uh, Kim. It's about a boy spy, but it, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, nice. I, I enjoyed it. And, uh, it, it's strange that this continues today. You can also read a book called The Grand Chessboard by a guy named Zbigniew Brzeznetsky, which I cannot believe I pronounced correctly. <laughs> Fascinating dude and book. Yeah, yeah. And what this means is that this, these destabilization efforts could be plausible, you know? Uh, it's, uh, and there has to be something there because why was stuff retroactively classified? Right. Apparently a lot of the stuff that Edmonds originally brought up about this uh, alleged Gladio B was public record technically because it was in the congressional record. The biggest thing for me, Ben, after researching this is how is if that is true, if that stuff, that information is true, Uh how is she still alive, man? And and I don't mean to be too blunt or scare, you know, scary about it. It just seems that that information, if true, is so explosive. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ugh, I can't even fathom if that stuff was just known. Right, yeah, that's the question. But then another question would be, well, would would the death of someone who revealed this information be just more confirmation? You know what I mean? I mean, that it's just scary because people have been dying mysteriously for a long time now. We're connected to things like this. Sure. And, it, and it's, ugh, it's really creepy, man. And I don't understand. Like, she she's still writing a lot and mm-hmm. well. I was reading some of her stuff today. Right. Yeah. It's strange because this story, which Daniel Ellsberg, uh, who the guy who leaked the Pentagon Papers, he said it was this was more explosive than the Pentagon Papers. Wow. But it's something that a lot of people are not aware of, and then also it's something that a lot of people would say, well, war is an ugly business, and this is part of. Why it's such an ugly thing that these, that ultimately these sorts of actions are at the very least less bad than what would happen if they weren't. Yes. If they didn't take place. Argue it's necessary. Ugh, man. So this is where we have to conclude because we don't have all the information. We'd love to hear from you. Do you think that Operation Gladio B is real? The, or that Operation Gladio continues today? The stuff, um, that was once treated as a conspiracy theory a few decades ago is now largely confirmed. Not, not all of it, not all of the connections are, are written out there. Um, and there are people drawing some dotted lines, which Mm -hmm. might be a leap of logic, but in large part, yeah, it's it's moved to a conspiracy fact. So, what do, what do you think? Do you think that 
these kind of destabilization efforts continue today. The Great Game, by the way, um, which we talked about, I think, in our look at Soviet Russia and the UK, uh, the Great Game was about spheres of influence, trade, economy, and resources. And I've been pretty clear with my opinion about this stuff as well. Like, I don't, I don't buy the idea of wars for ideology often, or at least wars of invasion or aggression for ideology. I think it's a nice window dressing to put on a resource grab. I think they, I think those have happened in the past, but you have to have a very special person. When I say special, I mean, like a charismatic uh, a, leader. Oh well, a leader that believes in himself and his. I'm going to say BS enough mm-hmm. that makes it ideological. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Merlin and King Arthur's court, right? Sure. Or uh, Connecticut Yankee <laughs> and King would, Arthur's yeah, court. Yeah, yeah. not just the a regular mo- uh, Merlin. And also, if you want to write to us and let us know uh, some stuff that we should cover in the future, our best ideas come from you. We'll give you our email at the very end of the show. But first, it's time to do something that we haven't done in a while. We're going to read a little piece of listener mail. Ben, I'm going to read a quick, or I'm, I guess I'm going to read parts of this message we got from Kelsey. Okay. Kelsey says, hey, guys, I was just thinking about the final question you posed at the end of who runs the Internet, dealing with the future of the Internet. I watched a YouTube video from Verge, or The, the Verge, mm-hmm. where Bill Gates talks about how the Internet and technology is going to help with education in lower-income countries. And Kelsey says, when you combine this with your YouTube videos about historical revisionism and... What if the Middle Ages never happened? Things start start to get interesting. Kelsey says, here's where it gets crazy. What if if the U.S. government is just helping the third world, quote, to get free Internet and education so they could be the ones who are teaching them the way they want to? That is really interesting. Um, Basically saying that they would sway that part of the world to be more aligned with Western ideology. At least that's what I would do if I were them in this situation, Mm -hmm. Kelsey says. Anyways, just an idea. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Kelsey. That's a that's a massive compliment, but also that that's a great question. You and I, Matt, we did a piece on something similar when we talked about textbooks, which are mm-hmm. which are a huge deal and completely different depending upon where you go in the world. You know. Oh yeah. And it's it's strange because I'm sure that, of course, an Arab textbook will differ uh, widely. Mm-hmm. From an Israeli textbook, just as a Japanese or a Chinese textbook will also differ, especially about World War II and things like uh, Manchuria, right? Depends on the consensus mm-hmm. of, you know, which side you're on when and, stuff went down. Yeah, and I think it, I think it's completely plausible, Kelsey, that some some entity would say, well, let me, let me uh, inculcate a certain type of belief structure uh, by not really showing you any other possibilities, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I, I think it's something that would be possible to prove if we could find it. But, you know, this, this is a, a battle that takes place within countries, especially in a country like the United States where every state is on some level uh, autonomous, right, with certain things. And we've seen, at least 
you and I have, Matt, uh, the the battles over what should and shouldn't go into a textbook, sex education, evolution, how historical events are portrayed, you know? Yeah, history of the United States, just overall history during slavery. Right, yeah, or how nobody teaches, or at least nobody in the South uh, teaches Martin Luther King's other speeches, the ones about uh, class equality, right? Because yeah, that's, that. that's a little bit too socialist, I mm-hmm. think. Um, not, you know, I don't know how it is in other states, but that that's a that is fantastic food for thought, and we've got to start digging on that. Exactly. Thank you so much, Kelsey, and everybody else. Please write to us. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, all the things we said earlier about your awesome ideas, we love it. And just if you want to write to us, you can do it right now. All you have to do, open up that browser or your phone, whatever, you, whatever you're whatever you using. Maybe it's your watch. Who knows? Maybe it's a Ouija board. Oh, if you got a Ouija board and you contact us, uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to have a party for you. Yeah. Uh, you can always contact us. We are conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX 80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.